back. This is Talking Slayer, a podcast and half-assed audiobook. Today's topic is 1990s Seasons in the Abyss album, as described in chapters 24 and 25 of the book Slayer 66 and Two-Thirds, a metal band biography. I wrote that. I am your pal, Ferris. I wrote two books about Slayer. Not one, two. My rock and roll writer PhD is in Donnie Iris, the classic rock king of Pittsburgh. If you like music, you should know about him. I have completed some postgraduate work in the field of white rappers. And I have a master's degree in Slayer with a minor in Rick Rubinology. This show is brought to you in part by my books. One is about the motivational power of professional wrestling. Everyday motivation. I co-wrote it with Darren Paltrowitz, host of two very good podcasts. One is called the Paltrowcast. One is the David Lee Roth podcast called the DLRcast, about all things David Lee Roth. Check them out. They're good shows. He is good people. On this show, Talking Slayer, there are no bullshit ads about electric vehicles and airlines and other crap you're not going to use. And Talking Slayer is brought to you in part by Patreon supporters. Here is the deal. Free listeners get basically every other episode. Patreon supporters get it all. All! And free listeners miss more than half of the content. This podcast, to quote Hardcore History host Dan Carland, is addicted to context. And those episodes feature facts that you need. Why is there so much animosity between Dave Lombardo, greatest metal drummer ever, and the rest of the band? Well, it's in there, if you have every episode. Packages start at a mere $3 a month, which is cheap. You can do that. Learn more at patreon.com slash slayerbook. Patreon.com slash slayerbook. Shout out to generous, awesome, rad, cool supporters, including James from Ohio and Antonios from the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. So here's where we are. Last week, Patreon supporters heard the longest episode of the show yet. It was part three of three covering South of Heaven and the South of Heaven tours, and that was the end of Slayer in the 1980s. Next week is the classic Clash of the Titans tour, featuring Dave Mustaine, Mike Muir, and others. And in two weeks, when we see each other again, the shit hits the fan. This week, though... We're gazing into Seasons in the Abyss. Today's episode is in two parts. Number one, the making of Seasons in the Abyss. Number two, Tom's comments on every song. Because this is a Tom album. This is the Tom album. Seasons in the Abyss is one of two Slayer records I have in my car at all times. No Friender, the host of the Thrash Metal show... Excellent podcast. I love it. Check that out. No Friender claims that it is not a thrash metal record. I see that. I understand that argument. For my money, Seasons is Slayer's most rock and roll record. This is the one that is accessible if you just like fast rock. And don't get me wrong, Slayer's still thrash on it. 
the hardcore influence totally there as well. But it also adds a groove to the proceedings, and it is some of Slayer's slowest material yet. Most Slayer albums have a moment in the first song that elevates the proceedings and will take your head off in one fell swoop. To me, here on Seasons, that is both the lead up into the second verse and the guitar solo. Let's talk about that. So pour a coffee or hit the treadmill. And remember, it is never too late to stop listening. Seasons in the Abyss, here it comes. Chapter 24, Seasons in the Abyss. Slayer's front line and back line held together for the band's, uh, some would say third classic album, some would say fourth. Now that I think about it, I'm going to go on record and say fifth. They held together for Slayer's fifth consecutive classic album. If you want to include the EP, Haunting the Chapel, we'll say sixth. You're not wrong. Seasons in the Abyss came together over the first half of 1990 with old friends in familiar terrain. As with Rain and South, some of the sessions took place at Hit City West, the famous Los Angeles recording studio. Over those disjointed sessions, more recording took place at Hollywood Sound, which was a haunt on Selma Avenue that Rick Rubin became very fond of. Over the years, it would host sessions from the Red Hot Chili Peppers' One Hot Minute album, totally underrated album, also the first System of a Down album, great, and also Danzig's debut, yay. And it also, over the years, had welcomed the Jacksons, Belinda Carlisle, and Earth, Wind, and Fire, one of those magical places where all kinds of great stuff went down. The band also, for seasons, recorded at the L.A. location of the record plant, which had been the site for sessions including Billy Joel's Piano Man, Suicidal Tendencies Join the Army, and the Eagles on the Border. Carrie King, a California native, somewhat shockingly, is an Eagles fan. That little tidbit comes to us from author Wade Tatangelo. He uh, revealed that in a 2007 article called Slayer's Carrie King Digs the Eagles from Creative Loafing. It's a good piece. So anyhow, when Slayer reconvened, the band was still the same four guys. Ruben is credited as the producer. Andy Wallace, who had engineered the previous albums, was slated to serve as the project's producer as well. But by the time the sessions were over, Andy Wallace was credited as co-producer alongside Slayer, also listed as co-producers. Wallace also received engineering and mixing credits. Tom Araya told me in 2010, he said, Working with Andy was almost like a supervisor. Ruben was almost the same thing. I'd ask Andy, how'd that sound? He'd say, Try it again, but do this. He just basically let us do what we did. End quote. Cover artist Larry Carroll, the late great artist, returned unassisted for the album art. The season's cover is an earth tone collage, 
a graveyard of reigning skulls, towering tombstones, and inverted crosses. The budget was higher this time around. This is, of course, Slayer's third major label record. Wallace had extra helping hands this time. Assistant engineers Chris Rich, who would work with Wet Wet Wet. Also, Alan Abramson, who would later work with Dio, Richard Marks, and Guns N' Roses, and David Tabachman, a Cher and LL Cool J engineer slash keyboardist who worked his way out of rock and roll, or expanded rather into film and TV music, he garnered an Emmy nomination for the Nickelodeon series Robot and Monsters song The Forgiveness Song. Hard to find, but he did good work, obviously. I talked to DeBachman. He said, It was like being in the pit at Indy. The band would finish a take, and I had to, as quickly as humanly possible, spin off the current reel, get it back to its proper box, crack a new reel of tape, splice on some leader, spool it into the machine, and locate it to the top of the reel. End quote. And by now, Rick Sales, the band's manager, was a permanent part of the Slayer machine. Collectively, the organization sat down with Rubin and decided to make a run at the big time. Sales, Rubin, and Slayer renegotiated the band's contract, which was now a long-term deal that would carry the band through its 10th album two decades later. Seasons was Slayer's first release for Rick Rubin's label, Deaf American, no longer affiliated with Def Jam. At the time, the song's lyric publishing was a split copyright between American Deftune Incorporated and the band's Death's Head Music. Starting with this release, the band placed music first in the album credits, followed by lyrics. That's how you see it on later records. Hanneman and King, who had been such cohesive collaborators on Rain and Blood, do not co-write any lyrics on Seasons. In retrospect, it is odd that, quote-unquote, the Drunk Brothers didn't work together more. But at this point, the band's collective work did not suffer for it. Much. The words to Temptation, lyrics by King, and later Hallowed Point, lyrics by Araya and Hanneman, are unprecedented clunkers. If you like those songs, you're allowed to, but it's not their best work. But in the company of A-list songs like War Ensemble and Seasons in the Abyss, they didn't seem like anything to worry about. A couple songs that were a little bit off. Here are the credits for the record. War Ensemble... Lyrics by Araya and Hanneman, music by Hanneman. Blood Red, lyrics by Araya, music by Hanneman. Spirit in Black, lyrics by King, music by Hanneman. Expendable Youth, lyrics by Araya, music by King. Dead Skin Mask, lyrics by Araya, music by Hanneman. Hallowed Point, lyrics Araya, Hanneman. Music, Hanneman, and King. Skeletons of Society. Lyrics and Music by King. Temptation. Lyrics and Music by King also. 
Born of Fire, Lyrics King, Music Hanneman and King, Seasons in the Abyss, Lyrics by Araya, Music by Hanneman. Carrie King contributes solo lyrics on four songs. Hanneman did not compose any entire set of lyrics by himself, but he did write the music for five songs, and Hanneman co-wrote music for another two with King. In the Slayer discography, Seasons is the Tom Araya album, the LP with the singer's most writing credits. Araya contributed lyrics to six of the album's ten songs. Four of those were solo compositions, and he had two co-writes with Hanneman, Hallowed Point and the prescient, far superior War Ensemble. Araya told me in 2010, when the band was performing the album in its entirety, he said, I had a lot of ideas previously. This was the first time I took the initiative to try to write something, end quote. It worked out pretty well. Expendable Youth tapped a timely topic, gangland warfare, which was something that Araya knew a little bit about, though it was all secondhand. He explained to me, I grew up in a town called Maywood, and I hung out with my brother quite a bit. He had some solo friends. They were good friends to have, <laughs> he added with a dry laugh. The album has another unique credit. Carrie King provides backing vocals on the post-apocalyptic postcard Skeletons of Society. With Araya penning lyrics, songs about serial killers continued arriving, but now they were about real-life mass murderers. Dead Skin Mask trotted out the infamous Ed Gein, who was the inspiration for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Albert Hitchcock's classic shocker, Psycho. This trend would continue on future releases, with songs like Gemini, about the Zodiac Killer, and Psychopathy Red, about Russian Andre Chikatilo, and also 213, about Jeffrey Dahmer. Araya and Hanneman liked to read about their pet morbid subjects. King preferred to watch movies and keep an eye on the world around him. Other subject matter displayed an amazing element of timing. The United States military's Operation Desert Shield, a campaign in Iraq, was in full swing when the album arrived. When the operation transitioned into Operation Desert Storm, and thus the first Gulf War, first American Gulf War, I know. Slayer's War Ensemble was in circulation as a perfect soundtrack for bombing runs. Season synthesizes the previous two albums' disparate extremes. Like Rain, it starts at a full run with War Ensemble, a full-throttle anthem with a whiplash start-stop dynamic. With ten songs, it is Slayer's longest proper album, with a runtime of 42 minutes, 27 seconds. And I know some expanded versions of other albums have bonus tracks and do run longer ultimately. We'll talk about those more later. The album closes with a 6.6 minute title track that represents the last new element Slayer would ever incorporate into its congealing sound. 
deep sludge that flowed in a slow current. While it is a brutal record, Seasons has an arid tone, a really dry kind of production. A certain strain of audiophile might agree with the previous criticism from Gene Hoagland, the literal genius and main man behind some of the better work from Dark Angel. Uh, He's drummed with everybody, of course. What Gene told me about Slayer's work with Rick Rubin was this, uh, Rick Rubin and Andy Wallace. He told me, that is some dry action. Here's Metallica putting out Master of Puppets and even Exodus, the fantastic guitars on Bonded by Blood. Rain doesn't have a lot of that really good crunch you're looking for in a metal band. I don't think Rick did them any favors, unquote. By that point, Kerry King was not Rick Rubin's biggest fan either. This would continue. Talking to journalist Mark Day, Kerry King later took an exception to the record's credits. Kerry King told Mark Day, I think the credits are backwards. It should read, produced by Andy Wallace and Slayer, comma, co-produced by Rick Rubin. He was never there. It seems to me that a good producer should be there the whole time. You shouldn't have to go look for him. We've got finished product, and we've got to wait around till Rick comes in and sees if he likes it. Sitting there, stroking your dick for two hours, end quote. With this record, Slayer's incursion toward the mainstream continued. Entertainment Weekly took notice, rating it a B-plus in an ambivalent review. EW, Entertainment Weekly, certainly the most mainstream entertainment magazine, writer David Brown wrote, Slayer is what you'd call a no-frills combo. No hummable choruses, no power ballads, no apparent sense of humor. Not much of anything, in fact, except jackhammer riffing and absurdly cartoonish anti-authoritarian lyrics about blood, corpses, and the godless one. It's like listening to a single speed metal song, the world's longest. In other words, Seasons has all the elements of a laughable self-parody. To Slayer's credit, though, the band pulls it off, thanks to its relentless musical drive, end quote. Metal's not for everybody, Mr. Brown. Seasons also spawned Slayer's first videos. Over the years, the band would make relatively few promotional clips, and Seasons' first videos would become their signature short-form visual records. These are the videos of note despite all the greatness that followed. The title tracks video is definitely Slayer's most elaborate video of the golden era. Despite later quality clips like Bloodline, Eyes of the Insane, the Repentless Trilogy, of course, Seasons, the song, remains the group's most essential representation in a short film. Filmed before the album's release, the Seasons in the Abyss video saw the band travel to Egypt. French director Gerard de Puglia directed the video. In the video, the band staged some kind of quest, traveling downriver on a skiff, performing in ruins, 
and later playing in front of the pyramids at the Giza Necropolis. Necropolis, of course, being an archaeological site that translates to City of the Dead. Mixed imagery swirls around the performance footage. A fallen cross, pentagrams, scrolls, fire, ancient pagan rites. In narrative footage, scimitar-wielding horsemen chase each other across the desert. Faces hidden, a camelback caravan rounds out the ominous feeling of timeless, dark mysticism. MTV's metal showcase, The Headbangers Ball, spun the clip regularly forever. Where Ensemble's video was a tasteful, minimalist performance clip filmed in London's Wembley Arena, October 14th, days after the album's release. Seasons in the Abyss was the band's first release on Ruben's solo label, Deaf American, as we said. It was released October 9th. It would peak at number 40 on the Billboard album chart, which was a huge deal at the time. And it was certified gold on April 3rd, 1993. This time, for the first time, for the most time, the band's singer had a major say in the record's direction. Maximum gratitude, maximum gratitude, undisputed gratitude to the Slaytanic superfans who financially support this show, including, but not limited to, David Jones, Vince Stigma Bloom, Dave Mack, Daryl's Whammy Bar, Metal Matt Hinch, Ryan Dussault, also the hardliest working man in podcasting, host of thrashmetalshow.com, your friend, no friender. Thank you, sir. Yens guys do more than your share to keep this show coming. Thank Yens very much. Give a little bit more and you too can make the list. Sign up at patreon.com slash slayerbook. Patreon.com slash slayerbook. Hey, welcome back. Part two here. I definitely have all of this recording on a tape that is mixed up in a container with a giant pile of dozens of tapes. If I can dig that out, I think I'm going to electronify it, digitize it, release it for Patreon supporters. Stay tuned for that. Maybe that'll happen, maybe not. Chapter 25 Gazing Back Into the Abyss, the Tom album. Slayer played Seasons in the Abyss in its entirety as a special event tour in the year 2010. On the American Carnage tour, the band reteamed with two of the groups they played with in 1991, Megadeth and Testament. Megadeth performed all of the classic album Rust in Peace, and Slayer performed all of Seasons, possibly leaving South of Heaven on the table for a future tour. Spoiler, that hasn't happened. At the time, I interviewed Araya, and I asked him to break down the album that found him at his most prolific, lyrically. 
So this is what Tom had to say about every single song. War Ensemble, lyrics by Araya and Hanneman, music by Hanneman. Tom said, Jeff and I wrote it. I asked him to bring in a book to give me an idea what he was doing. And we finished the song. It was one of his books about World War II. I can't recall the title. Uh, the song's title was Jeff's Idea. I like that. Ensemble, a group of people that get together to make war, end quote. Blood Red, lyrics by Araya, music by Hanneman. Tom said, The papers and magazines, they were writing about Tiananmen Square and what was going on in China. And the picture of the guy standing in front of the tank is what got the idea for the song. And there were other things going on. They were killing people for voting in South America. I put those ideas together. End quote. Spirit in Black, lyrics by King, music by Hanneman. Tom said, That was like Carrie to write about an evil spirit. I thought it sounded odd the way it was written. I switched them around, thinking we had a more visual image if we moved some words. The phrase, living halls, in one of the verses, they didn't paint the picture the way I was thinking, and Carrie didn't seem to mind that. End quote. Expendable Youth, lyrics by Araya, music by King. Tom said, I happened to be reading the LA Times. They talked about gang warfare, and it was an entire page. I read it and thought, wow, this is really cool. I grew up in a gang neighborhood, so I had an idea of the mentality. End quote. Dead Skin Mask, lyrics by Araya, music by Hanneman. Tom said, It's about Ed Gein, the psycho guy. I read the book Deviant. It had some really fucked up pictures that were omitted from the second pressing. They had a picture of the corpse hung upside down in the barn, like they found. You pick it up, like, ugh. I saw the pictures, like, I gotta read this. Hallowed Point. This is classic Araya kind of statement. Tom likes to say something that he feels is very objective, and it is. I see where he's coming from. But it exists in a certain context that makes it interpretable from a certain point of view. It gives it a loaded connotation, and people don't respond to it the way he thinks they would. This irritates him. About Hallowed Point, um, maybe that's a double entendre. Maybe that's a, a little slip of Tom's vocabulary. We won't bust his chops. About Hallowed Point, which is not exactly the same as Hollow Point, Tom says, That's a kind of bullet. Hollow Points. I came up with the title first and wrote the song to a title. It's about a gun and what guns do to a body. It can turn flesh into confetti. It's about the motivations to use a gun. People ask, Is it an anti-gun song? No. Is it a pro-gun song? No. Guns are dangerous, but I'm not an anti-gun advocate. I'm a gun owner. End quote. Ambiguity crops up around Tom. Skeletons of Society. Lyrics and music by King. Tom said, That was the last album that Rick Rubin worked on, hands-on. We had an idea that Carrie wanted. But when I'd sing the chorus, I'd tell Rick Rubin, I hear this here. He'd say, me too. 
So the first chorus doesn't have the other two outer lines. And the next choruses were done the way Carrie wanted, end quote. The song Temptation, my least favorite one on the record, lyrics and music by King. Here's what Tom had to say about it. Carrie wrote the song. He handed me the lyric and I told him, let me do it. If you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. He said, that sounds good, but I wanted you to start here. He's talking about the fact that the vocal doubles on itself. Have you ever felt, have you ever felt the need to see you? You know, that. Tom continues, and then I said, let's let Rick Rubin come in and see which one he likes. And we just turned it on, and both vocals came out of the machine. Rick listened to it, gave a nod, and goes, cool. We all agreed to keep it that way. End quote. Born of Fire, lyrics by King, music by Hanneman and King. Tom said, I never asked Carrie what that one's about, but it's obvious. It's about someone that was born on fire, born from hell, end quote. And last one, Seasons in the Abyss, lyrics by Araya, music by Hanneman. Tom said, it started with music. I had ideas. I had just read a Stephen King book. I can't think of what it was. I started writing ideas. Jeff said, I have some music. So it just came together. What I had written fit. It blew my mind, like I had written it for that. I think the slow songs represent Slayer very well. End quote. And that, friends, is Seasons in the Abyss. Next week, the boys take the show on the road. And they bring along some friends. And those friends become enemies. Thank you for listening to Talk and Slayer, a podcast and half-assed audio book by your pal Ferris. To support the show and learn more, visit patreon.com slash slayerbook. S-L-A-Y-E-R-B-O-O-K patreon.com slayer book no s on the end credits and crucial thanks podcast artwork is by jason shank of midwest authenticity consultants unless otherwise noted all the rad music is by nige savage the aggressive perfecter also of the awesome uk thrash band chupacabra check them out from the hit podcast spanking it with julio the producer is Mitch Kramer, the spirit in black. The dog is Wolfie. Audio-technical consultants are Matt Wardlaw, the tormentor. Forrest Gabbage of Southbound Tracks, codenamed Gemini. Jessica Baxter of the Paid in Puke podcast. And Stargate Pioneer and everyone at the Gunna Geek Network. Consultant for audiovisual affairs and Irish history, is James Ferris of Massive Media. The beta test group is Vince Bloom, Craig Cohen, Steve-O, your older brother Sam, Bruno McDonald, Jason Pettigrew, Out of Nowhere, Sue Madre, and Mike Olszewski. The Slatanic archivists are Jamie Walters, Tony Alberts, Spar Schmidt, Chris Bade, Paul from Dropgun, Paul from Slayerized, and Nicholas, the Slayer Collector. 
ongoing thanks to metal mentors and radio dudes, including but not limited to Ed Rohr, Brian Biggs, Randy Fox, and Dean B. True. Additional Shingy, courtesy Captain Shum and the Concerned Party Lembe Squad. Expert consultation by Nate Runkle, the Catalyst, also of Yo, That's My John, good show. Howard H. Smith of Acid Rain and Talking Bullocks, a.k.a. the Captor of Sin. No Friender of the Thrash Metal Show and the When It Was Cool Podcast Network. And Ryan J. Downey, the Ghost of War, also of the Speak and Destroy Podcast. Thanks, I heart ends. I heart ends all. A lot. Partial list of people that I wish were still here. Sumner J. Ferris. Nora Ferris. Vera Lehane. Ron Forsythe, Lori Martin, Audrey Sapizi, Don Olszewski, and Tom Morrissey. Jeff Hanneman too, obviously, but I did not know him personally. If you have a different opinion, you are right and I am wrong. If you have questions or you want to rap, you can find me online. At Twitter, I am SlayerBook, no S. On Insta, I am SlayerBooks, with an S on the end. On Facebook, SlayerBook, no S. Buy the book and you can find an email address in it. The book, Slayer 66 and Two Thirds, a metal band biography, the 2023 postmortem update, is published by 6623 Press. It is a very reasonably priced paperback and a very cheap Kindle ebook. 6623 Press makes useful, reasonably priced, unconventional, creator-owned books about popular culture, success, and other cool stuff. This podcast is a production of 6623 Press and Mostly Things. The easiest place to find my books is Amazon, but select retailers have them too. If you're a retailer and you don't have them, but you want them, hit me up. Thank you for listening. More next time. Peace. Savage mutilation of the human race. Set a course. Protest and survive. Protest and survive. Power off.